0: Welcome to the weekend edition of the Daily Stoic Podcast. On Sundays, we take a deeper dive into these ancient topics with excerpts from the Stoic texts, audiobooks that we like here or recommend here at Daily Stoic and other long form wisdom that you can chew on on this relaxing weekend. We hope this helps shape your understanding of this philosophy and most importantly, that you're able to apply it to your actual life Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Ryan Holiday. Welcome to another weekend episode of the Daily Stoke Podcast. I'm here recording this in my office. I'm going to go for a run in a minute. And then I have to get home uh, before it gets dark to hop in my ATV, hook up the trailer, and uh, put out some hay for my cows. It's funny, I was just at this uh, thing... Uh, from my son's school and we knew a couple other people who have who live on ranches out here and all we were talking about is uh the price of hay and did they have a good hay guy and uh how how much were they paying per round bale. We put out these uh big round bales that weigh, you know, probably a thousand pounds. And uh, you know, they they went from fifty, sixty bucks a bale to like 120, 130 bucks a bale. I'm getting way in the weeds here literally, but A big part of this has to do with the war in Ukraine, Ukraine being a big exporter, not just of wheat, but of fertilizer, and uh, that fertilizer is more expensive or harder to get, so the yields haven't been as good, hay is more expensive, blah, 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 blah. What does this have to do with stoicism? Well, I'm going to tell you. In today's episode, I am excerpting from a wonderful little edition from Princeton University Press's Ancient Wisdom for Modern Reader series translated by M.D. Usher, who I've had on the podcast. I'll link to that episode. But uh, I'm going to bring you some excerpts. One actually from Musonius Rufus. He says, why farming is the profession best suited to philosophers. And a couple other excerpts. Again, this probably doesn't seem like a book for you, but it really is. It was really interesting. Uh, We may even split this into two parts. And uh, anyways, uh, I'll give you that right now. Here is some excerpts from How to Be a Farmer. Thank you to the Princeton University Press for allowing us to excerpt this audiobook. Uh, you can get that anywhere your audiobooks are sold. And you can check out the physical edition at The Painted Porch anytime you like.
1: One. Keeping up with the Joneses. Livelihood is hard to come by. He it. Works and Days 1 through 46. Hesiod was shepherd-poet from cow country, Boeotia in Greece, who lived around 750 BCE. The Works and Days is a didactic miscellany in which Hesiod gives folksy and sometimes practical advice about living in a small community organized around agricultural exchange. The passage here, addressed to his brother, Perses, the historicity of whom has been doubted by some scholars, is Hesiod's opening salvo, In announcing his discovery of a second sort of strife, one that impels people toward self-improvement, Hesiod sets himself apart from Homeric poetry, which deals in the other destructive kind of strife that precipitated the Trojan War. Hesiod, in other words, a farmer, presents himself as a poet of peacetime, where the main adversaries one needs to counter are impudence, laziness, wrongful living, and greed. Muses of Pyria, bestowers of glory and song, come to me now, singing hymns about Zeus your father, at whose behest mortals have fame, or do not. They are spoken of, or not, with no clear distinction, but according to great Zeus's will. For Zeus easily gives strength, easily too he crushes the strong. With ease he cuts the prominent down to size and raises up the obscure. It is easy for him to straighten the bent and make a mighty man wither and fade. Zeus, roarer above, who dwells in the highest abodes, hear me, watch and attend, and with justice keep my pronouncements straight while I attempt to speak the truth here to Percy's. So all this time there's not been just one goddess strife engendered on earth. There are two. One you'd praise upon seeing her work, but the other is deserving of blame. Their hearts are completely opposed. For one foments evil war and conflicts, and she's savage. There's not a person alive that loves her. Of necessity, by the immortal's decrees, do people give that grievous strife her due. But the other strife, dark night birthed first, and the son of Kronos, seated on high, dwelling in ether, lodged her in the roots of earth. She's far better for people, for she rouses even the useless man to work in spite of himself. For when an idle man looks at his neighbor, a rich man, say, who is prompt to plow and sow and to put his house in order, he envies him because that neighbor is prompt with a view to wealth. This strife is good for people. And so, as the saying goes, potter vies with potter, carpenters with their kin, Beggar rivals beggar, and bard begrudges bard. So, you, Perses, take these matters to heart. Do not let the strife that delights in evil keep your heart from work while you attend hearings and gawk at disputes at assembly. If a man does not have a good year's livelihood stored indoors, harvested in due season, Demeter's grain, what the earth brings forth, he has little concern for disputes and assemblies. Once you've sated yourself on that, go right ahead and advance your disputes and conflicts in your quest to acquire another man's goods. You won't get a second chance to do this, so let's decide one dispute right here on the spot, using straight judgments, the best kind that come from Zeus. For you and I have already divided our plot of land, yet you keep snatching it up and carrying it off with much else besides gratifying the rulers, those gift-eaters, who stand ready to pass judgment on this question. Those fools! They have no idea how much more the half is than the whole, or what a banquet there is in Mallow and Asphodel. For the gods have kept livelihood hidden from humankind. If that were not so, it might be easy to work only a day and have enough for a year without even working. You could store your steering oar up in the smoke right now, and the oxen's work and that of toiling mules could go to hell. 2. The Benefits of Righteous Living. Hesiod, Works and Days, 213 to 247. Percy's, as we learned in the previous selection, has been meddling in lawsuits and perhaps town politics, leaving his own affairs in disarray. Hesiod warns his brother in this passage of the consequences of any and all such insolence, and of violations against Lady Justice, who is personified here as a goddess. There is a better path, Hesiod urges, that of straight judgments that lead to peace and prosperity in the land. The alternative? Hesiod's description at the end of this passage recalls the fate of fallen Troy. As concerns you, Perseus, heed justice. Don't foment violence. Violence is a bane to the low-born. Even a nobleman cannot easily endure it, but is brought low under its weight once he's met with ruin. The better road to just dealings passes by on the other side, and justice prevails over violence once it has reached its end. It is a fool who learns this only after suffering it. Oath-taking runs alongside bent judgments post-haste and a ruckus arises of Lady Justice being hauled off. Gift-eating men lead her on and issue verdicts, their judgments bent. She follows into the city and into people's abodes weeping, clothed in mist, carrying woe in her train for those who would drive her out and not ply her straight. But those who do render their judgments straight to foreigners and citizens alike, and do not veer from what is just. Their city blooms, and people come to full flower in it. Peace, a nurse to youths, prevails in their land, and far-sighted Zeus never allots them grievous war. Nor is famine ever the companion of straight-judging men nor ruin, but in feasting they give and take a share of the fields they tend. For such people the earth produces life aplenty. In the mountains, the oak produces acorns on its branches and bees in its trunk. Their woolly sheep are weighed down, heavy with fleeces. Their wives birth children that resemble their parents, and they thrive with good things all of their days. They do not embark upon ships. Rather, the grain-giving land produces their crops. But for those who practice base violence and wicked deeds, far-sighted Zeus, son of Cronos. A lot's punishment. Often an entire city reaps the fruit of a bad man, the sort who commits an offense and contrives reckless plans. Upon men like these, the son of Kronos hurls calamity down from the sky, famine together with plague, and the people wither away. Wives do not give birth, homesteads dwindle by the designs of Olympian Zeus. Indeed, sometimes the son of Kronos destroys their broad army or their wall, or he exacts his vengeance on their ships at sea.
0: Everything that's Dell.com slash
1: deals. 3. On Work and Wealth. Hesiod, Works and Days, 286 to 319 and 381 to 382. Hesiod is arguably the first proponent of the dignity of labor, but he is also a fierce and first advocate for a kind of self sufficiency tempered by prudent openness to good advice. Both qualities are desirable attributes in a farmer. Hesiod has already told us in section number one that a livelihood is hard to come by. Here, he exhorts Perses toward the only dignified means to securing that end, work at work upon work. percy's you great fool, I have something to say to you and my thinking is sound. Wickedness is easy to get hold of, it comes in bunches. Its road is smooth and it lives close by. But in front of excellence, the immortal gods have placed the sweat of your brow. Its path is long and steep and rough at first. But when you reach the top, then it too becomes easy, though it is tough all the same. The best man of all thinks out everything for himself, mulling over what is better later on and in the end. And yet good, too, is he who heeds words well spoken by another. But whoever neither thinks for himself nor listens to another when he takes something to heart is a useless person. As for you, Perseus, sprung from divine stock, always keep my command in mind and work so that famine will loathe you, whereas August, fair-crowned Demeter will love you and fill your barn with the staff of life." For famine is the constant companion of an idle man. Gods and men both resent the man who lives idly. His attitude smacks of stingless drones who idly waste the bee's toil, gobbling it down. But as for you, be amenable to arranging your work in due measure, so that your barns will be full with the staff of life in its season. Work is the source of men, having many sheep and becoming wealthy. If you work, you are much dearer to immortals and mortals, for they despise idle men. Work is no reproach, but idleness is a reproach. If, however you work, an idle man grows instantly jealous of you once you are rich, excellence and praise accompany wealth. Whatever sort of person you happen to be by lot, to work is better, If, that is, you turn your senseless heart away from other people's possessions toward work and take care for a livelihood, as I bid you to do. Shame's no good at providing for a man in need. Shame, who both harms and helps men greatly. Shame, as everyone knows, attends financial disgrace, whereas self-assuredness attends wealth. So, if the heart in your chest longs for wealth, do as follows. work at work upon work. Four, cultivating good neighbors. On thrift, Hesiod, works and days, 342 to 369. The prescience of Hesiod extends also to his insights into the importance of social capital. Good fences might make good neighbors, but relationships like fences need to be built and maintained with craft and skill. Hesiod offers some time-proven advice on that topic here. Invite your friend to a feast, but leave your enemy be. Invite in particular whoever lives near you. For if a farm problem arises, neighbors will come in their bedclothes, whereas in-laws would get dressed. A bad neighbor is as much a pain as a good one is a blessing. The man whose portion includes a good neighbor possesses something of value. Not even a cow would be lost, unless the neighbor's a bad one. Measure things out properly from your neighbor and pay him back properly, too, with the exact measure, and even better if you can. That way you can find enough should you be in need later on. Don't seek ill-gotten gain. Ill-gotten gain is on par with ruin. Treat your friend like a friend and go visit your visitor. Give to him who gives. Don't give to him who doesn't give. Anyone would give to a giver. No one gives to a non-giver. Giving is good. Snatching is bad. It's a giver of death. For the man who gives willingly, even if he gives much, rejoices in the gift and feels glad in his heart. The man who takes for himself, observing no sense of shame, even if it involves a small amount, hardens the heart. For if you add a little to a little and do it often, even that amounts to much in no time. He who adds to what he has wards off burning hunger. What's stored at home, at least, doesn't worry a man. At home is better. What's outside is apt to spoil. To take from what you have is fine, though it pains the heart to need what you don't have. I urge you to take note of these things. When a jar is at its beginning or near its end, take your fill. In the middle, be sparing. To be sparing at the bottom, though, is stingy. 5. Procrastination, good and bad days. Hesiod, works and days, 410 to 413 and 825. Why do today what you can put off till tomorrow? Pesiod tells us why not in brief compass and also scores a proverbial bon mot about the favorable and unfavorable character of certain days. Don't put things off till tomorrow or the next day, for the dilly-dallier doesn't fill his barn, nor does the procrastinator. Stewardship, by contrast, fosters work. The man who puts off work grapples constantly with ruin. Concerning the character of days, sometimes a day is a mother, sometimes a stepmother.
0: Thanks so much for listening. If you could rate this podcast and leave a review on iTunes, that would mean so much to us and would really help the show. We appreciate it, and I'll see you next episode. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to The Daily Stoic early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen early and ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts.
1: From Wondery, this is Black History For Real. I'm Francesca Ramsey, And I'm Conscious Lee. What do most people think about when they hear the words Black History? Rosa Parks, Reconstruction, MLK, February Black History Month. Exactly, exactly. There are so many stories of Black History that we just are not really talking about or thinking about, especially outside of February. And we are about to flip the script on all of that. Because on this show, you're going to hear a little less...